Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Storytelling Lab, where we break down how to get to the heart of your story and the hearts of your audience to leave the greatest impact possible. And now here's your host, a filmmaker and competitive storyteller, Rain Bennett. What's up, my beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of the Storytelling Lab, where we break down the art and science of storytelling. This podcast is brought to you by Magnanimous Rentals. Cameras, lenses, lights, and much more at the lowest rental rates online. Magnanimous Rentals, every order submitted at magrents.com. That's M-A-G-R-E-N-T-S.com. Every order submitted receives a discount. Inexpensive production essentials ship right to your door. Magrents.com. Go Magnanimous. Listen, I've been working with Magnanimous Rentals for a few years, and I love it. I can't tell you how awesome it is to have a production trip, which I travel at least once a month or so, and I pack my bags and my luggage with my clothes, I hop on my plane, I reach my destination, I get to my hotel or my Airbnb, and boom, my equipment is there waiting for me nicely packaged up. My cameras, my lenses, tripods, lights, I didn't have to travel with any expensive or heavy equipment, and it just made everything a breeze. I do my shoot. I knock it out of the park, I pack the equipment back into the packaging it came in, and I stop by UPS or FedEx on the way back to the airport, and boom, it's back on its way to Magnanimous Rentals. Super easy, super affordable, and listen, if you have a production in-house for your business and you can't justify purchasing camera equipment, this is a perfect affordable alternative for you guys. Rent the equipment that you need and then send it back. Magnanimous Rentals, go check them out at magrents.com. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by Six Second Stories, where we help you maximize your impact through short-form storytelling. Okay, my beautiful people, we have come to the end of the road of season three of the Storytelling Lab. What a great season it was. We had writers, we had uh, storyboard artists, we had filmmakers, marketers, 
entrepreneurs. We laughed, we cried, and we learned a lot about storytelling. And I wanted to take a special episode to do a recap. We did this for season two, and it's still our best performing, most downloaded episode to date because, hey, people love tips. They love to they love to condense it down to the takeaways, right? Anytime I'm uh, pitching for a speech, they always want you to include what takeaways the audience can can present. So my producer, Audrey, and I have combed through 10, no, 11 episodes of season three and found not necessarily the best moments, but the ones that give away the, the, the most tangible, actionable tips. And we've, we've, we've compiled them all here together on this special bonus recap episode for you. I have to say that this season was really awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm having such a blast making the show. And for people who I haven't met before who are on the show, like learning new things. I mean, the reason I started this show besides to help people like you is to help me like to, I'm such a nerd about this stuff, but I want to absorb. I want to be a sponge. I want to learn as much as I can. And every guest, every episode that, that we have, I learn multiple things from that, that I can apply to my business and my journey. And so it's such a fun experience for me. Like it's, it's, it doesn't feel like work. I enjoy talking to these people and, and picking their brain and, and, and unveiling, you know, the gems that they have within them. The show is, is performing well. I'm really happy with the direction it's going. And we just had such great guests from all over the world on, on this year. And I'm just really excited and I hope you've enjoyed it. Our previous episode was with Evan Carmichael, who is a a big uh, influencer and entrepreneur. And we're just, I'm seeing this climb that the show is doing. And that's so exciting for any builder, any project builder to watch. It's like, it's, it's growing. Our little baby's growing and I'm so proud of it. And I'm proud of my team, Anna, who is, has edited the episodes and Audrey, who has been the backbone of the podcast and, and helping me produce it and every single guest and specifically every single listener. That means you, my beautiful people. Um, season four, season four is coming up soon. And if you follow me on Instagram, which if you don't, you should, it's at rain Bennett, not that hard to remember. I put a post up the other day on my Instagram stories. And now there's a a video that lives on my IGTV that talks about some of the guests that we've already booked for season four. And I, I just go watch it. I can't tell you like Audrey and I started going after like our dream guests, the ones that we, we, even on day one, knew that we wanted to go after. And since season three has done so well and, and we're getting really confident and, and excited about the show, we're like, you know what? It's time. Let's go for them. And the response has been, I mean, uh, we're batting a thousand right now. Like everybody that we've reached out to has committed to being on the show. So I, as um, just a fan of storytelling and like super stoked i can't wait to bring you these new guests and february 6th first week of february we're coming back so we're gonna have a couple weeks off um after this episode i encourage you to go back and listen to other episodes from season three and two and even season one when it was just little old me um but yeah i'm super stoked for season four and we're, we're, we're headed, we're headed to the moon, folks. We're headed to the moon. And I appreciate you guys coming on the journey with me. 
All right, so we're going to get into some of the top tips from season three of the Storytelling Lab, and we're going to do that right now. So we learned a lot in season three. But if you know me and you know what I'm about and what I stand for, like everything I do or that I try to excel at, whether fitness or filmmaking or storytelling and writing, comes back to being able to master the basics. I will never neglect that. And I don't want you to neglect that. It's always going to come back to the fundamentals and becoming masters at performing those. Any master masters the basics and they don't stop practicing the fundamentals, right? Kobe is still practicing free throws and he ain't even in the game anymore, (laughs) you know? Like, talk to any high performer and they will tell you the same thing. Don't try to jump ahead too fast and as long as you lock down the basics, you can always add things to it. So, We're going to always come back to the fundamentals. And one of our guests this season had a unique take on the story structure. So I, like many, and I would even say most people who talk about storytelling and writing, or at least storytelling in in terms of brand marketing, talk about the simple three-act structure. That's such an easy place to start. It's easy for people, especially people who are kind of beginners to intermediate level, It's easy for them to understand. Three parts, boom, 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 beginning, middle, and end. That's almost cliche in storytelling uh, speak. But Sabina Harnow, we had on, and she actually was a fan of the show. She reached out to me, and I love anyone that's proactive like that. But we built a a relationship on Twitter, and she's, she's written about our show in her storytelling guide for her audience. And I was like, well, get, let's get you on the show, and let's talk about it. So Sabina has a different take on the story structure, and she teaches people the five-act story structure instead of people like me who do the three-act story structure. And this is a perfect example of, folks, there's not one way to do things, right? There's many ways. So check out what Sabina has to say and learn a little bit about the five-act story structure. What are the five points that you use, and why is that structure most effective when you're helping people? Okay, uh, great point. I actually, I want to start with your, the second part of the question. Why five acts, not three? Um, the five acts have the same, like they display the same arc as your three. But in my experience, some people struggle with the middle part of telling their story. Like they, they find it really easy to come up with a beginning. They really find it easy to come up with an end. But then in the middle, they kind of lose the... The tension, it kind of becomes like And that's like the a part sagging. that should be the, the most tense. That's the, yeah, the, the exactly. rising action. Because they don't really always know what to do in the middle. In the middle, there's so much, especially so much. when there's a true story. Right. So much happens between the beginning and the end. So how do you structure that big middle act? And... Um, this wasn't my idea with the five uh, with the five acts. It's um, actually a, a technique that's being taught also by people who make uh, like TV drama mm-hmm. or um, you know it's an alternative to the three act Hollywood uh, totally uh, template. If I could jump in for just a second, it's also sure. how I was taught and well probably all of us to write like essays when we were in Eng- you know in in, in uh, class in um, in elementary or grammar school or whatever. That, you know, you have your intro and you have your conclusion and then generally there was three body paragraphs. So that's kind of the same structure, Mm, right? It's kind of the same thing. And also 
goes back to how we're used to watching like plays, Shakespearean plays, mm. which normally also have five five acts. I think with Shakespeare, there's some debate over why it was five acts. Some people say it's because the candles weren't long enough to burn through a bigger chunk of the play. So they had to make uh, make it five acts with breaks in between to replace the candles. But uh, yeah, the, the, the beginning, the first act, I like to call that not the inciting incident, because with a lot of people who start a company or, an, or a social um, initiative of some kind, like an NGO or something, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily always have an inciting incident that they feel is worthy talking about. Like, sometimes it's just the, the thought, the what if. For example, um, I uh, know a clothing company um, that was started on the basis of the what if. Mm -hmm. That was, what if there were uh, bathing suits for women that are both stylish Uh, and actually allow me to go swimming in the outside, like in in open waters for a long (laughs) time without freezing to death or feeling constricted. Yeah. Um, So it could be something as practical as that, or Uh, it could be a bigger one like, what if uh, we could make sure that supply chains are fully transparent and we can always know where something that we buy was made? Yeah, and then from there, usually what happens is that the story starts going quite well in the beginning. Like people make progress. They've got this new idea. They're starting something. Uh, things are looking good, and that's act two. And then act three, this is a kind of the real midpoint of the story mm-hmm. where – You've come quite far in your journey already. There are also challenges, but you're kind of going back at this point because the challenges would be just as hard as pressing on through the challenges. So you're kind of, you know, this is for me, it's an important part um, of telling uh, the the story of a purpose-driven organization because this is where things get super real and where the vulnerability comes in and not hiding the challenges, not hiding the bumps in the road and actually just talking about, you know, what it looked like in real life. That's the thing that I often miss when I hear those stories about the seven figure business gurus who overnight, you know, were this incredible success. <laughs> also passive income. They didn't have to lift a finger. They just switched something. <laughs> on it. The money basically came out of the tap that's not how life works and we all know it so when 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 a company is is real about that midpoint where there's highest tension mm-hmm. and you know it's going to be hard if you go on but it's going to be hard as well if you go back that's what really captures an audience in the middle of the story um and it's easier to structure that midpoint if you've got it going well then there's you know this this uh, point of tension and then the fourth act would be where things look like potentially they're going very wrong Um, or maybe uh, something really unexpected happens. Mm. And then the fifth act, of course, is what you probably also got, like sometimes called the denouement. uh, (laughs) As the French call it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's when everything resolves. Okay, so we're going to stay here in this fundamental space for a bit. The next person that I want to feature on today's recap episode is Jimmy George. Jimmy Jimmy is amazing. Uh, Jimmy's known as the script butcher. So he takes people who have written screenplays or scripts and he chops it up and he helps him understand the pieces that, that, that amount to the whole and how those pieces work individually and then how they work together. And he helps people either cut some stuff 
or rearrange them or doctor up their scripts so that, so that they can have a more effective story. Jimmy, why I laughed is just because if you haven't heard the episode, go back and listen to it. You'll hear him here in a second, but he's just hilarious and so passionate and just funny, and I loved the guy. But he knows his stuff, I'm telling you. So he this episode uh, with Jimmy, the script butcher George, was just like, Sometimes on the show, we just talk about big picture ideas. But man, Jimmy gives so many just lists. And, 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 and we talked about key takeaways, like just so many actionable takeaways that it, it, it's you can immediately listen to that episode and put it into action. And that's the goal, right? So Jimmy continues uh, the fundamentals where we just left off with Sabina talking about a different take on the story structure. And he breaks it down into the top five things that every script needs. You're going to love it. You Hopefully you'll understand it. But this is the truth. These things every story needs to have. Check it out. I have found that all scripts I read are missing one of these big five. Mm. Um, and they seem sort of uh, obvious, but most scripts don't have it. <laughs> A lot of scripts have four or five of these. Right. Okay? but not all. And that is a filmable goal. Um, not just a goal, a goal that we can see. So Jamie Nash, my podcast uh, co-host, uh, he's written a bunch of movies, some Nickelodeon movies, some theatrical horror movies, some movies that played in theaters, uh, horror movies. And he has a great exercise for figuring out a goal. And that is, can you draw it? Draw your goal. What does it look like? Most people confuse goal with reward mm. they, my 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 character's goal is to become rich mm. that's not the goal that's the reward that is what they will achieve if they achieve that's what that they will gain that's the gain if they do achieve the goal but most people like skip past the actual goal okay what does how are they gonna get rich yeah yeah um and so that's number one a filmable goal Number two is motivation, and that is is split in. I split it into two pieces, and that is reward. What are they trying to gain? And stakes. What do they have to lose? And here's the thing about stakes that a lot of people usually someone will come up with a great reward, but they'll have no stakes, or somebody will have great stakes, but they'll have no reward. Um, and here's the thing that uh, if you study movies, what you'll find is you can actually stack stakes and stack rewards. And someone can have rewards they seek and stakes they they will lose from scene to scene, mm. and they do. And so you have a big overall thing that you're going to lose. But over the course of the movie, there may be like 50 different things you could lose at any point. Yeah. Um, and these things, most scripts I read don't understand that um, and are missing either reward or stakes or both. And so like. That's my equation for motivation is motivation equals reward plus stakes. What you have to gain, what you have to lose. Most of the scripts I read don't have that down. Uh, the third thing <clears throat> is uh, urgency, and that is time pressure. It doesn't necessarily have to be a clock like Back to the Future, but with the you know the, the clock tower getting struck by lightning. That's like a very literal ticking right, clock. Right, right. Um, there's hundreds of ticking clock mechanisms. I'll use a good example. Um, 
because it's fresh in my mind. We just did a podcast on speed. A great uh, time pressure is when he gets on the bus, um, one of the hostages pulls out a gun because he thinks Keanu Reeves is there to arrest him. Um, and he, the, there's like a, a, t a tussle and, and the gun goes off and it accidentally shoots the bus driver. And so not only do you have your speed ticking clock of the bus can't go below 50 miles per hour or else it'll blow up, now the bus driver is bleeding to death mm. and his health is a ticking clock mechanism. He has to get that guy off the bus somehow before he loses all his blood. So the blood loss itself is a time pressure ticking clock mechanism. But oftentimes I'll read a script where someone, people are urgent to achieve the goal. They're like, we gotta go, we gotta move. But there's actually no deadline. To yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. It's very, it's very specific. Um, number four is obstacles. Um, formidable obstacles. Um, I use the treasure. I read a script once, and uh, it was a it was like a treasure, uh, you know, treasure on an island uh, script. And the person found the map. They got a boat. They got on the boat. They traveled the shore. They got to the island. They found the treasure. And when they found the treasure, no one was guarding it. And they picked it up. And they got in the boat. And the movie ended. And a lot of writers do this. They think that all of taking all that action, achieving all those goals, this this story had clear stakes, clear reward, clear urgency, but there's no obstacles. They literally just had to get a boat, just just had to get across the sea. So right, the map needs to be withered, and you can barely read it. the The ship needs to spring a leak. There needs to be storms. There needs to be a guy on another ship who's racing you to get to that treasure. When you get to the treasure, there needs to be a fifty things that get in the way. Right. Is make it harder. The number one thing I write on a script set of script notes is make it harder because it's almost always way too easy for the character to achieve their goal in a script I read. So the number four thing that is usually missing in a script is formidable obstacles from fade in to fade out because you can have formidable obstacles and they overcome them, but if they're not having formidable obstacles thrown at them from fade in to fade out, it's not as enjoyable of an experience. All right, and then the number five one, this is the most important one. Uh-oh. Meaningful choices. Mm. Okay, if you, would give a, if you give a character a choice of a something good will happen if they choose it or something bad will happen if they choose it, that's no choice at all. They're going to choose the make the choice where something good will happen. Most of the scripts I read, the choices are easy. It's like, well, I'm going to choose to do this. And you have you literally have a character at every scene at every moment in order to achieve their goals, making a choice that any single person in the audience would make without question, without thinking about it. What you need is to give them a double-edged sword uh if this happens, bad things are going to happen. If this that if I take this choice, you know, blue pill, red pill, both pills are going to lead to bad things. Right. Happen, but you're going to have to choose one, and that's how you reveal character is by showing us under stress when they they have a goal, and now they have a. We know what their reward is. We know what the stakes are. We know what time pressure is making them rush to this decision. They have formidable obstacles in their way. What choice do they make now that we know all of those things? 
And that is how you reveal character. So now we have covered some fundamentals and even different takes on the fundamentals. And I I have to reiterate this again. Always come back to this. Master the basics. Master the basics. Learn some new cool things you can do and then come back to the basics. So now that we've covered the basics, let's talk about uh, a few ways that we can put these fundamentals into action. In season three, we had such of a variety of, of diverse and unique guests and, and, and diverse stories about how they use storytelling in their business that I, I had to show you guys a few unique examples of how you can use storytelling. It's not just for writers or marketers or artists. Anybody can use storytelling in, in their business strategy. So first up, we have Nick Sung. Nick Sung is a storyboard artist that worked on the kind of famous project Snow White, which was a collaboration between Pixar and Airbnb. So basically, Airbnb hired Pixar story artists like Nick to come literally draw out the story of their users' experiences. So this isn't them using storytelling to talk to their audience or sell their product. This is them using storytelling to understand their customer and then learn how they can better serve them. You guys got to check this check this out. Nick was an awesome guest. He's an awesome guy. Very, very talented. Um, and this was just such a unique way to use storytelling. Check it out. Uh, there was a bit of a question of, well, how do we get everyone on the same page? And then what... Uh, what is this page that, that everyone is getting on? And uh, Brian, the CEO and uh, the head of Research Insights, uh, Rebecca Sinclair, the two of them, um, the two of them spearheaded this project that they call Project Snow White, which was inspired by Walt Disney's use of storyboards uh, in the animation process. And so the idea was to to storyboard a user journey um, from, mm. you know, uh, Airbnb's sort of two main uh, user types, uh, hosts, people who host on Airbnb, and guests, people who travel on Airbnb, um, to storyboard uh, a journey representative of, you know, each of those experiences, and then use those as, um, you know, the, the sort of point of alignment for everyone's work in the company. What, how did that translate, and was it effective? You know, the for me, the act of visualizing it, uh, it it like opened a lot of it opened a lot of questions, and it, which forced the team to, you you know, have to make a lot of decisions about again, like priorities. What is like really important in this moment? Um, and so that uh, obviously like pushed the the research team to ask like what's what is like the true insight in this moment, and then you know it pushed like the um, executives to ask like yeah. well, what is our, what's like our priority here you know um, as a business and then of course it pushes like the teams to ask like what well, yeah. how do we um, how do we make good on this or what do we now what do we do with this now you know I'm thinking about the customer um, as like a as like a living person in a complex world and they have these feelings and there's this thing that they're trying to do and these things are difficult and this thing is joyful and it's 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 a mess but but all of a sudden people were responding to life yeah because you're humanizing it like it's not they're not the customers just aren't aren't just numbers or data 
Yeah, they're not just living in some void. Right. Um, and so it didn't present like easy answers. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, but that like inspired, I think, a lot of um, interesting question asking. Okay, so let's now think about what other unique ways can we use storytelling in our business. Well, this next guest that I'm gonna that I'm gonna feature. I've never even thought about storytelling in, in our business in this way. It blew my mind. And Eric Henry is the president of TS Designs out of Burlington, North Carolina. TS Designs is a screen printing company that's been there for decades. And it was North Carolina's first certified B corporation. So it's a sustainable screen printing company, which I had never even thought about. And a, a B corporation is, is essentially a benefit corporation. It's, it's a company that has three goals when it comes down to their bottom line. It's not just for profits. It's for profits, people, and the planet. So everything they do has to target those goals and not just profits for their shareholders. So when I was talking with Eric, and we always talk about how we can make the world happier and healthier and I think what they're doing is is amazing but when I talked to Eric he told me a way they use storytelling to show basically the 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 whole supply chain so the life span if you will of their product from beginning to end and I'm just going to let you guys hear it but it was such a cool way to use interactive storytelling in a t-shirt that I was just like, I was blown away and I was so happy to, to bring it to you guys on the show. So this is Eric Henry from TS Designs. Um, you know, sustainability is a journey, not a destination. So we continue, you know, how do we make a better product? How do we tell a better story? How do we have better transparency? So our latest brand we're coming out with is Solid State Clothing, which actually we developed a unique QR code. And with phones now, as soon as you click on the, the camera, it will pick up that QR code. Mm. It will launch you into the supply chain. And again, it will connect you basically with a map and the people, and I'll send you links to this, uh, the map and the people in the supply chain. And, you know, we just want, it's not a question that's right or wrong. Yeah. It's just giving people the information. Our, our vision with that is eventually want the consumer to be able to participate with the QR code. You know, if you wear to hike Mount Everest, if you give the shirt away, again, we want to continue. If you want to do that, it's completely on the consumer to do that. It's it's in work right now. It's not available, but nice and what you can do with QR codes is once you have this shirt or you have yeah. this hat, then you, you'll be able to go into the website and claim ownership of that, and then you can basically do whatever you want to. You can become very active. You know, I wear my hat every day, or I gave my hat away, or whatever you want wow. to do with it. What we want to do is really blend, you know, uh, blend, blend, that's what I want to say, between, you know, the start to the finish and really bring them, those two together. So our next featured guest on the recap episode, it's not a coincidence that the title of this episode was the new storytelling frontier because I have always thought that gaming and video games was that the new frontier for storytelling a new opportunity and if i'm being perfectly honest and transparent i'm kind of envious of people who work in that space because it's almost like you have this huge blank canvas to, to there's only 
only the ability to to go up and to grow and expand. And I'm just not a gamer, and I don't know anything about that world. I have some friends in that world um, that that own gaming companies, but um, I have always kind of wanted to be able to to work in that. And even here in the, in the Triangle area of North Carolina, there's a lot of 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 great gaming companies right here in our in our own backyard and it's just something i've never gotten the chance to do well our next guest susan o'connor does exactly what i would love to do in in uh video games she basically coaches and consults on the storytelling component of gaming so this is a way that writers and storytellers work with the developers and the people creating the games on how to make this immersive experience um, more profound and more interactive for the audience. And that was the key takeaway that I learned from her is that this is a different way of storytelling. It's not just one person or a, a author telling a story to a reader or audience member. In this world, the audience member is interactively part of the story. Now, that unveils a whole different box of opportunity of, of, of storytelling tools and, and where you can go with the story now that you're having the audience be one, one of the characters, basically. And it makes you really think about how to tell the story and how to tell different stories now that you are able to use a piece that has its own thoughts and opinion with the with you know being your audience member. So that was just such a cool a cool episode for me personally to learn about and Susan was a delight. So here's Susan talking about how she uses storytelling and helps gamers or game developers use storytelling in their games. So the way that I approach games in general, of which I even include VR, is like, because you, you, you're always working with the medium. So I'm always asking myself, like, what's the player experience? What's the user experience going to be like? What's the emotional journey of just the game? Yes. Like, story aside, like, just what stuff are we doing and how does that stuff make us feel? Right? Because, because actions have built-in emotions, right? So if I'm punching... That's just gonna make me feel differently than if I do if I'm hugging somebody. Just you know, even if I don't know who I'm hugging or I'm punching. Right, right. right. But storytelling for VR, the the big takeaway for me about it was that knowing that the player's role is always gonna be some version of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Like you're a ghost. Like you're there, but you're not there, and you don't have the capability to do a whole lot with the environment. Yeah. And so you've just got to figure out a way to like invite the ghost in if that makes any sense like get the ghost interested in what you need the ghost to be interested in so they pay attention they're looking in the right direction and that kind of thing and again if players just do what they're going to do then how do you sort of factor in yeah uh crazy behavior it's tricky you know what's funny as we're talking about all this and we're talking about the the newest you know tech to tell stories that that we've had um but it still keeps coming back to putting yourself in the minds of the audience, that empathy, yeah. like to tell the best stories, right? Mm-hmm. Is to consider the person that you're telling, you know, it's not about you, it's about them. And then when, right? And when I'm yeah. when I'm teaching people how to tell stories, that's one of the first, especially because a lot of the people I teach are, are marketers or, or communicators. And so it's how do we use storytelling in mm-hmm. our branding? And it's funny because even though we're in these high-tech tools, 
the core of it is the same, which is about putting yourself in someone else's shoes and thinking about how they would like to hear the story and what stories they would like to hear, what's going to resonate with them, right? It's all that kind of empathy. So now that we've talked about some creative and unique ways to use fundamentals of storytelling and put it into action and use it in our strategies, no matter what our strategies are or what our businesses are, let's bring it back to what really matters. Because at the end of the day, and you hear this when people talk about brand storytelling all the time, is that it's, you know, you're not the hero, your 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 customer is or your audience is. And I believe that to be true, but I don't believe that we have just one story to tell, one brand story to tell. So I think that you can tell a story where you're the hero, but I understand the concept. The concept is that it's not about you, it's about those that you help. And that's true, and you know that is part of the fabric of what we stand for here at Six Second Stories on the Storytelling Lab and in my own business as Rain Bennett, filmmaker, writer, speaker. It always comes back to the heart of it. And, 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 and essentially, that's the essence of storytelling is understanding, empathizing with someone else. And storytelling is the best way to do that. So we had a couple of guests this season talk about the power of stories and how to tell the stories of those that you help. The one that stands out first to me is Jazz O'Hara. And Jazz created the Worldwide Tribe. And this is a media company that tells the stories of real-life people in the refugee crisis. And so often, I mean, the, 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 the whole makeup and the point of news is to basically spread fear. The narratives that they tell, yeah, there's some feel-good stories, but whenever you turn on the news, it's always, most of the time, and this is because this is what gets ratings for them, negative news stories and it's so easy especially in the volatile environment that we're all in right now it's so easy to spread negative messaging and creating false narratives that that perpetuate those negative messages so jazz what i love about what she did is the way to combat that because historically we couldn't combat mainstream media that was the only source of information for people so they believed everything well now the tools of the people, social media and the internet, allow us to be able to share our own stories. So Jazz took that power and applied it. She told the real life story that she experienced when she went to the country where her soon-to-be adopted brother was born and raised and learned about the refugee crisis and learned about the situation that he and and his community were going through. And then she actually told the real story. And that's what blew up for her. And what started the Worldwide Tribe is by sharing positive stories and real authentic stories about what's going on. You got to hear her talk about it. This woman is a force. And if you don't follow the Worldwide Tribe, go check out the work that they are doing in the world. It is powerful and inspiring. Do you think that they, they, they know what they're doing when they craft those narratives in terms of like manipulating people's points of view and perspective? I do. Yeah. And so how do we fight that? We fight it, I guess, exactly how, and that's what the World Wide Tribe is really trying to do, is to kind of counteract some of that negative messaging by putting out an alternative 
story and being true and authentic to my experiences or the experiences of the people that I'm meeting and the, mm. whether it's volunteers, refugees, people living in the camp, whoever, sharing their stories, amplifying their voices. Hopefully that gives an alternative to some of the mainstream media outlets. And I think social media is a really powerful tool in doing that. It seems to allow people to empathize and understand that, hey, that's someone's cousin or, or, or aunt or uncle or mother or child that could be my aunt or uncle or mother or child. And I think when we break it down like that, it tends to help people understand, right? Absolutely. Because you know what? Underneath all of those things that superficially might divide us, like the color of our skin or the language that we speak or the culture that we've come from, there are similarities so much more that, that unites us actually um, than those things. And that's what I've come to really recognize that you can connect with everybody if you choose to so another guest on season three of the storytelling lab that talked about using stories to help their community was brian powell from the north carolina conservation network and man i, I think i said this in the episode but if not i'll i'll remind i'll tell you here this I teared up in the middle of this one. Like he understood the power of storytelling and 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 how you can be a part of the community and grow a community and strengthen a community by storytelling. And yeah, you know, he was the I don't know if he's the communications director or the marketing director, but he's he's in that space for the NC Conservation Network. So my guy gets it. But it the way he worded it was so powerful that it brought a tear to my eye. I mean, it, it moved me emotionally in the moment. Now, some of you are probably like, yeah, yeah, Rain, we, we know you're a softie anyway, so that's probably not too hard. But I'm telling you, this man nailed it. Listen to what he had to say. The environmental movement is moving from we want to focus on, like, clean water and speak for the trees and all of these kinds of we have to protect the earth and the ecosystem for its own sake kind of messaging, which I completely agree with and I'm on board with, to something that is more human-centered, to something that is talking about, well, okay, yes, it's great to have clean water, but why do we want clean water? Because dirty water is killing people. Uh, it's, it, there are faces behind the missions that we're trying to accomplish and pivoting to those people to the people who are vulnerable to the people who are impacted by pollution that is what i think is important i think that's what drives political action that's what drives political uh, public attention public opinion those kinds of things because we connect with one another finding those you know that intersection between the environment and health uh is just hugely important when you talk about drinking water and people can say, you know, look at this story and realize like chemicals in the river that equals chemicals in the glass of water that my child is, you know, pouring from the sink. That's the picture. That's the story. That's the person that, you know, we want to focus on that. I want to focus on that's going to get people to, to move. So when we're trying to help people and using our stories to, to help the communities that, that, that we're seeking to, to impact. We can't do it unless we're able to be vulnerable and authentic and even transparent ourselves. This is how we create this space of empathy so that people will trust us, listen to us, 
and be inspired to take action from us. If we don't have the courage to open up the curtains and show people what's going on inside of us, then we will never create this space that we can expect them to do the same thing. It is all about heart, my friends. All of it. So a couple of our guests this season really nailed this when talking about being bold enough to be open, authentic, and transparent, and show people what's really going on, and not hide behind the guise of perfection or mastery or whatever. You know, yes, you don't want to seem like a bumbling idiot when it comes to your business, but you also don't want to go all the way on the other side and act like you are perfect, you're the best. Keep it real. Talk about who you want to serve, and I'm not saying you have to overshare But the whole point of storytelling is being able to relate to people and identify with people so that you can see themselves and see the connection and how that business might help you and fit into your world, right? You have to see connection. And these are humans at the ends of those connections. So first, I'm going to go back to Eric Henry. If you remember a couple of guests ago from TS Designs, and he talks about how TS Designs does that as a business, as a sustainable certified B corporation, how they have to be open with their whole process. Internally, they do it because I think everyone knows what salary everyone gets paid and their benefits. They're very open about uh, about compensation and, and structure and how they run the business. And then also to their community and their customers. They show you where things come from and they completely open the curtains for their customers to see what's going on, what they're buying and what they're supporting. So let's go back to Eric Henry and talk about how we can be transparent in our business like that. There are no curtains. <laughs> I mean, literally, if you would come to TS Designs, like I've had these students, and they'll always ask me when I'm going to take them around. They says, can we take pictures? Say, of course you can take pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'll even go one step further. I will answer any question you ask me. If I don't have the answer, I will get you that. There are no secrets. I'll yeah. take you any place you want to go to. I'll ask it, answer anything you want to, or I will get you. I mean, we believe in complete transparency literally complete transparency so um because i just think that's just that's how you a build trust Mm -hmm. but also that's how you learn because again we are not a perfect company we have we make our mistakes we have our shortfalls but if you don't know what they are then how are you going to help me identify and improve so uh we are we are an open book and probably my favorite guest that showed how we can use vulnerability as leverage to grow our businesses and our brands and our projects is Alexa Carlin. Alexa was the final episode before our bonus episode with uh, Evan Carmichael. And I, I said it then and I'll say it now. I'm so impressed and inspired by what Alexa is building with her company and event WEX, Women Empower X. It's a, a women's empowerment um, conference. She's in like five cities and growing. I'm so impressed by what she's built at su- such a young age. It, it, it's admirable and I'd love to. I'm not currently building an event, but in terms of building a brand and and uh, growing, you know, a project like that, like I, I, I want to emulate the things that she's done. 
And one of the main reasons she's been able to do it so quickly is because she was open with her story. She tried a lot of things. She was an entrepreneur from from you know a teenager. She was she was she knew she wanted to do something like this, and she had the the the, the skill and the talent for it, and the and the desire for it. But it wasn't until she was able to really lean into her vulnerabilities that she saw her personal brand really start to grow. And that's because why other people out there that were, were experiencing things, even if they weren't the same thing as her, could identify with her struggle. Now, I will let Alexa tell you, but she has a condition that was really detrimental to her health and it's something that she will continue to live with. And like many people, like maybe even most people, she could have let that get the best of her or paint this woe is me picture or even worse, believe that there's a cap or a ceiling to what we can achieve because of whatever limitations or handicaps we might have. And she said, forget that. There is no ceiling. I can still do this and manage my condition. And not only that, but I'm going to talk about it in hopes that I will inspire someone else who thinks there's a limit to what they, they can do. So check out what my friend Alexa Rose Carlin has to say about telling the story that you are living. You, when you see people and hear the stories behind that person in a vulnerable, authentic, and transparent way, it becomes relatable. And that relatability empowers you to believe that you too can achieve x y and z and i think if we went around and if i just you know said you know this is my goal for 2020 Mm -hmm. and i didn't tell the whole story of how i got there how helpful would that be for someone listening not you know cool that's that's your goal right but now you can really kind of use the strategy that i I did. And here's my story of, you know, brainstorming and setting aside a day. I thought like, all right, well, I can wait until I feel better or I can share vulnerably what I'm going through. And I started to share because I, again, was waiting and waiting and waiting. Months went by, years went by. I didn't know how long I would be waiting for. And so when I started to open up and be live in front of people, not feeling well, you could see it all over my face or crying or whatever it is, not again, trying to play victim at all, but just being who I was in that very moment, people related to that. So you see that we don't have limits in what we can do, but when we're feeling like we do, being able to hear the stories of other people that have felt that way and or sharing our own stories when we have felt that way is the best way to inspire all of us to be our best selves and continue moving forward and learning and growing and building and becoming better humans, better people, creating better communities and becoming healthier and happier. And so the final guest of the recap episode who I had to feature was Evan Carmichael. And some of you know the story. We got Evan on, on, the, on the show. And Evan's an entrepreneur and influencer who has 2 million YouTube subscribers. And he helps people learn how to believe in themselves. Evan sees that as the world's biggest problem. I love this quote from him. He says, I believe that everyone has Michael Jordan-level talent in him. Now, Evan didn't know. Michael Jordan, or maybe he knew this, but he didn't know 
how I love Michael Jordan like any North Carolinian because Michael Jordan Jordan is from Wilmington and he went to UNC Chapel Hill. But man, when he's talking about MJ, he's speaking our language. And so I was excited to hear that from him because you could say everyone has Kobe level talent too, but Michael Jordan's a you know, special figure. And Evan's a special figure. Like, man, when I had him on the show, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know, if he was just going to, you know, just treat me like uh, any any other podcast that he was on and he had a script that he was following and he was just kind of trying to push his product or something like that or grow his brand. But man, he was real and he was authentic and he really listened. He really listened to what I had to say and he understood the journey that I was on. And he also understood the journey that you were on, the people that I'm seeking to help. And it just, it was so painfully obvious that the man practices what he preaches. And I was so grateful for that. Because at the end of the day, and this is the first thing, when I am giving a storytelling keynote or a workshop, this is the first problem that I list that we must address. And I say inaction is the enemy. Because what often happens before I can teach someone how to be a good storyteller, I must first teach them that they can do it. Another classic uh, slide that I use just says, you have all the tools you need right now. Master the basics, right? And then we can build and we can grow our toolbox from there. But so much of teaching someone how to be a better marketer or how to be a better storyteller is getting them to believe in themselves and take that first step. And then after they take that first step, even if it doesn't go well, to continue and stay consistent. So much of that is just believing that you can and then you learn and then you get better. And Evan is the best person to help you understand how and why you should believe in yourself. So here is the man came from our bonus episode of season three, Evan Carmichael. This is, this is the problem I think most of the world has is that on the one hand, we know that we're capable of more. You know that you're capable of more. You may not think that you're, you're I say everybody has Michael Jordan level talent or something. You may not believe that, but you know you're capable of more. And yet we're afraid to go. We're afraid to act. We're afraid to go and actually create something mostly because we're afraid of judgment and other people's opinions. We're not afraid of failure. We're afraid of failing in front of people. Mm. You sing in the shower, but you won't sing in the street corner. Mm -hmm. Why? Because fear of judgment. Uh, and so you know you're capable of more, but you're afraid of what people are going to say if it doesn't work out. And so it's like having your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. You're just, you're just spinning your wheels and kicking up a lot of smoke and, and you're frustrated. And so at the core of all that, I think, is, is belief, starting with self-belief. And when you figure out how to build more self-belief, you can start to lift your foot off the brake a little bit so you can start to go. Well, that's it, my folks. That is the recap, the top storytelling tips of season three of the Storytelling Lab. I hope that you got some benefit out of it. If you did, one, please review the podcast. If you don't subscribe to it already, please subscribe. And if you love it, please review it on whatever platform you listen to it that really helps other people find it. And if you really loved it, you can share this episode 
or any episode that you think is pertinent and relevant to, to, to whomever that you would like that you think that would benefit from it. I would appreciate it so, so much. And if you have any questions or thoughts or guests that you'd like to hear from or input or feedback, always feel like you can send us a message. You can follow us at Six Second Stories on Instagram and send a message to me or Audrey there. You can email me at rain at six second stories. I would love to hear from you. I'm so appreciative of, of all you all listening to the show and giving me feedback and it's growing at such a, a great pace. I'm super excited about where we're going with this and where we are going next is season four coming back on February 6th. That is Thursday. We will be in episode one of season four and boy, we have some amazing, amazing guests coming up this season. And I'm not just saying that because you're never going to say like, oh, we have terrible guests, but you should listen anyway. I'm just saying these are guests that have been on my wish list, my dream guest list for a long time. And we are booking them, folks. We're booking them now. Not only that, season four is coming with a double feature. We're going to have in between each episode, which is released every other Thursday, we're going to have bonus episodes from the Health and Happiness Storytelling Series. So in between each regular episode of the Storytelling Lab, you can listen to a real-life, told-live story about how people have navigated and worked through different struggles in the different pillars of health in their life. I promise you, you will want to tune into that. All right, folks, that's it for today. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate your support, and I'm so glad to have you as part of this journey with us. And I'm so happy to play this role where I can maybe help you become a more compelling storyteller. Peace and love, y'all. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.